welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Uh, I'm uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat because normally... <laughs> So we do like a top of show topic. Listeners know this. Yeah. A lot of times I'll come up with one and I'll be like, I'm going to surprise you with it on air. This time you, you, you turn the tables on me. Yeah. That's, I, that's I, what it's I, all about. I don't know what you're about to, to, to bring up that you wanted to, you wanted to unload on us. Uh, you wanted to get something off your chest. It's not even that. It's more just like an interesting, an interesting news item right. that I, that well, I happened to see. Let, well, let's hear your hot take. again i'm just bring i'm just saying here's an interesting thing um so uh i saw that um sony uh has purchased pure flicks um so did you hear about this what sorry you're doing the the late night host like yeah so i saw in the news today did you guys hear about this sony (laughs) has purchased pure flicks can you believe it? What those, uh, those, uh, what is it? Those crazies out in uh, Congress or whatever it is. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so who uh, are so, the ad geniuses who came up with this? One? <laughs> oh boy. We're in our late thirties. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, um, the uh yeah no so for those that don't know pure flix is a, is a christian streaming service that also started making its own movies um and then sony has a sort of faith-based uh, uh subsidiary called affirm entertainment and so uh what's interesting is that affirm purchased the pure flix streaming service but not the pure flix studio so the movies that pure flicks has made like God's not dead and other such things. Uh, like, I don't know exactly how it's going to work. I don't know if that means that like God's not dead will then be, uh, will no longer be a part of pure flicks, even though it's part of the studio more than anything, like regardless of like the, the, the faith-based film aspect, I think it, it just made me think like, okay, well, how can you seeing as how the production studio, the, the production uh, company came out of the streaming company. If you bought, if you buy one, but not the other, like how, wh- how does that impact things? And it just got me mm. thinking uh, about pure flicks, about Netflix. Cause obviously Netflix has like original content. And so like, imagine if somebody said we're buying Netflix streaming, but we're not going to buy Netflix studios. It just seems so strange. Uh, and it seems like really splitting hairs uh, to see how it works. And it just got me thinking more about like, you know, so does that the, mean that pure flicks, the studio could produce a movie and then Sony would say, you know what? We don't want this on pure flicks. Ostensibly. Yes, I think so. Uh, which is, which seems so strange to me uh, because as certainly within the Christian film world, pure flicks is a brand that people know both, both the streaming service and the production company. Uh, so it's, it's uh, very odd to me. And it just, uh, you know, I, there's been more, there have been more and more discussions about, you know, the modern version of like vertical integration um, as far as exhibition and production and, and that sort of thing. And the lines being kind of blurred when it comes to streaming services, making movies um, that wouldn't be available anywhere else. Um, and so uh, 
so when I look at this and realize like, okay, well, I guess legally you can distinguish between these two entities uh, as Sony obviously just did. So uh, it just struck me as kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting dynamic uh, that you could buy one and not the other. Um, I just want to know what's, what's Kevin Sorbo's character going to do when he comes face to face with agents K and J in the uh, <laughs> God's Not Dead uh, uh, Men in Black crossover. Man, you know, I know, okay, I know you're joking. And yet every, no matter how absurd any joking suggestion would be, of course it's going to be better than God's Not Dead. I would, I, <laughs> I would see that so fast. Uh, all right, well... Um, if you're streaming Pure Flicks on your laptop, uh, uh, you can listen to them maybe with headphones in, uh, sure. earbuds. And I would recommend using tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Today on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds, Tyler, I was listening to... Normally, I plug an album, mm. uh, but this is a new uh, playlist, stereogum.com. Um, whose website redesign I'm not nuts about, but I'm getting used to. Stereogum.com uh, did their annual best new bands list. This is how Tyler, listeners and Tyler, if you've wondered, how does David stay so hip? It's because I check out. I do these... kind of wonder that actually. <laughs> uh, it's because I check out things like Stereo Gum's list of playlist of the best new bands of 2020, um, which uh, uh, it's kind of like going to Stereo Gum for that kind of list. He's kind of like a person choosing their uh, favored uh, news source that's just going to like back up what they already want to believe. So uh, StereoGumsBest.com, best new StereoGums best new bands list is great for me, the old fogey who gets all hand ringy about like kids don't listen to music that's made on guitars anymore. Sure. No one cares about rock music anymore. But there's so many great rock bands uh, uh, and punk bands and and stuff on uh, on this list. Uh, um, uh, bands like Military Gun, which is a dumb name. Um, <laughs> Uh, frail body, uh, whom I actually hadn't heard of before and record setter whom I have are like music that I punk rock me would have scoffed at, uh, in high school because it's too like screamo-y, but, um, now it's really up my alley. Anyway, all of it sounded great and some, some not rock stuff too. Armani Caesar sure. made, made the list. I'm a big fan of her, uh, Flo Millie. I'm a big fan of her. Um, uh, all of it sounded good on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Uh, they're available at a little price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com. Grab your copy of the Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Tyler? Yes. Let's get into it, shall we? Okay. We are doing something I don't believe we've ever done before. 
okay. even though um, it's an annual tradition, Thanksgiving. Yeah. But I have always found it. Okay. I love Thanksgiving as a holiday. My least favorite part of any Thanksgiving is when people say, let's before we eat, let's all go around the table and say what we're thankful for. I yeah. hate it. I hate it so much. Um, I mean, it's, you know what? It's an understandable tradition given the name of the holiday. So I'm, I'm, although I, I also don't like being put on the spot because, uh, cause like, well, well, what if I say the wrong thing? Cause here's the thing in that situation, I think everyone on the one hand, I think everyone wants you to say something like safe. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I don't need to go on some like extemporaneous, like Don Draper type speech about, right. you know what I'm really thankful for? Like, but I don't like, I, I feel like such a fucking fraud when I say like, you know, I'm just happy to be a part of this family. I'm thankful to be invited yeah. in to be able to share uh, this moment with like, but that's what people want, but I hate myself for saying it, but I would also be a villain if I, you know, stood up and like gave some big long speech. I hate, so anyway, uh, I, I hate being in that, in that position. Uh, and so that's why I don't think we've ever done like the thing that a lot of publications do. Like, what are we thankful for in the world of movies this time of year? But yeah. I do feel like, uh, not just in regards to movies, but that's what this podcast is about in regards to a lot of things. Uh, eight months into this pandemic is a good time to maybe count our blessings. You know, we sure. all might be going, uh, a little crazy and, and we might be locking back down again, uh, in, in a lot of the country, um, going into the holidays. So I figured let's just talk about what we're thankful for in movies during the COVID-19 pandemic. So you pitched this idea to me and I had a hard time coming up with, with some, uh, you gave me one example. It's like, okay, that was helpful. Um, so as uh, I'm going to, I'm going to let you lead the charge and, okay. uh, and I will say stuff as I think of it. Cause I think I've actually got another one already. So, uh, so yeah, let's, what, what well, do you, David, what are you thankful for? That's my question. Well, I'll start with the one that I gave you as an example, which sure. is the advent of the virtual cinema, the ability to watch a, uh, new, uh, independent or art house or foreign movie release, um, or sometimes a new restoration of a, of a classic, um, or a new restoration of a more obscure uh, movie that uh, deserves to be rediscovered. The, the ability to watch that from home while supporting, uh, an independent theater, um, either the one in your neighborhood or one, you know, that that's, what's so great about it. And I, I, I'm far from the only person to say this. Uh, I wouldn't mind, and I wouldn't be surprised if this, uh, model stuck around after sure. the pandemic. Cause why not like people who live there are movie, there are people who love movies who live in, you know, I don't know, Fayetteville, Arkansas or whatever. And maybe they don't have access to, uh, they're not necessarily going to be able to see the new, like, uh, 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 movie. I should have picked a, a director whose name I know how to pronounce. Um, <laughs> there are a lot <laughs> to choose from. I know. Um, they're not necessarily going to get the, the option to see that. Uh, uh, without this. And so why not a make I'm all for, I am such a fan of democratizing, uh, access to, to, to cinema, uh, or to uh, all arts or especially to non art things like, you know, food and healthcare and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, uh, 
and, and, and this, this does that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that I've been able to, uh, support theaters i've also been able to as a critic been able to support movie like still support new release movies in a way that supports theaters you know i've been able to not only can i give my money to whatever uh, uh virtual cinema i can use whatever platform i have to turn around and say hey here's a great movie and there's a whole bunch of great independent theaters all over the country that you can support by watching this great movie um uh, I think that's a, it's a terrific development and I really do hope that it, that it sticks around. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So the, the first one that I thought of and I, and yeah, sure enough, I'm already thinking of, of others. Um, so driving around Los Angeles, it's actually not, at, it's not uncommon to see uh, sort of makeshift uh, drive-ins uh, in parking oh, lots. Um, yeah. there's a, there's a movie theater near me, uh, on Van Nuys called the plant. And, uh, as I was driving by, I saw like a, a marquee of like, you know, old, like older films. Um, and I was like, well, they're not showing that in the theater. And then I noticed that like, Oh, it was, it's talking about like the plant drive-in and you can go and watch psycho like around Halloween. Like you could watch psycho, you could watch the thing. And I remember thinking like, man, that's kind of awesome. And that's, and that's popping up uh, in a yeah. lot of places. Like I saw it in the parking lot uh, of uh, the, the mall in uh, Sherman Oaks. And so just the idea, the, the embracing of uh, this, this, you know, I'd say long dead uh, movie tradition, which is the drive-in, like embracing that uh, and in, in doing so embracing like, these uh these older movies yeah. and just sort of championing those uh granted you know they're not going to throw anything super obscure at you it's going to be stuff that people already know but nonetheless it's still kind of it's it is in its own way like a a different kind of celebration of film uh and the the vitality of it uh in our in our lives it's like hey well if you can't if you can't do it this way then let's let's still find a way to make going out to the movies, a thing that a person can do. Um, and so, uh, the, and even though I haven't, sadly, I haven't gotten a chance to do it and I probably won't, uh, anytime soon. Um, and who knows, I I could see it not sticking around, but maybe it will, uh, maybe the novelty of it is something that people will really enjoy. Maybe not enough to, to keep it around, but, uh, but who knows? Yeah. I think that that's a great, uh, development. Uh, I've only done one. It was, uh, of all things, it was my big fat Greek wedding. Um, uh, I went to see the, the, the first one that was on the roof of the parking garage at the Americana, mm. the Americana at brand, which, uh, people who are very online might know what that is from the Americana at brand memes, Twitter account, uh, which is not run by the Americana at brand. Um, but it has been kind of embraced by them. Um, anyway, um, yeah, that, that's great. I hope it sticks around. I also like the the actual drive-in, like, because you're talking about, like, these these new ones that are sure. popping up, but, like, actual drive-in showing new release stuff that wouldn't necessarily, like, it's so weird to me that Amy, Sy- Amy Simons's, like, brilliant, like, art horror, uh, uh, anti-narrative, ponderous uh, movie, She Dies Tomorrow, just, like, played at drive-ins, <laughs> like, people can go, uh, go see that. Um, that's very cool to me. Uh, and as, as you say that you're sort of getting into the, the one that I just thought of, but, uh, I can, I can hold off on that. Okay. Well, I'm going to, uh, uh, next thing I'm, I'm thankful for, this is 
movie tangential, but so I'm, uh, <laughs> I think going back to a very early episode of the podcast, I came clean about being not a big fan of eating in movie theaters. Sure. I don't, I don't normally order food unless uh, I only, only do it in situations where I'm not going to have a chance. Like in sometimes at festivals, like at LA film fest, when it used to be at the, uh, the regal, um, the, the regal live 14, you know, when I'm on my fourth or fifth movie of the day, yeah. You know what? I'm going to grab a hot dog or some popcorn because I'm, yeah. I don't have any other chance to eat. Um, but generally I don't like to eat in movie theaters. I do like to eat when I watch movies at home. And so I'm going to give a shout out to all of the great delivery and takeout places that I've been trying to, uh, uh, support that I've been frequenting. Definitely. Um, Natalie and I, since, uh, uh, since the murder of George Floyd and all the, the, the protests that happened, uh, after that have really been trying to support, uh, black owned businesses. I will admit kind of a cheat because one of our favorite restaurants in the neighborhood is a black owned business. And, yeah. uh, so we, um, uh, go to Lotus vegan. Uh, if you, uh, I'll, I'll plug Lotus vegan on, um, uh, uh, on, on the podcast here. Um, but also black house, uh, burgers here in North Hollywood is, is really good. Um, uh, I've, never, I've like always been curious. I've always been curious about, uh, black house. It looked, uh, it looked interesting to me as you know, I don't necessarily love burgers, uh, well, especially because they do a lot of like the very complex, like yeah. adding other stuff that I don't know that you'd that you'd love. But I think they they probably do just have like a straightforward burger as well. Yeah, uh, but and yeah, also, Black House is good. A lot of places like that, although increasingly not, uh, but a lot of places like that, yeah, they they're known for burgers, but they also have like these other items as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, some of the best chicken strips I've ever had are from burger places. Uh, you know what Black House has that's really good. Uh, although I mean, Natalie and I aren't really dessert people, so we don't usually get this, but they have, it's an ice cream dessert, but it's like, it's called ice cream sushi. And they just like, it, it's one, it, it, it looks like a plate of sushi, but it's like cookies and cream ice cream. Mm -hmm. They just like scoop it into these perfect little like spirals and line them up. That's uh, fun. it is a lot of fun and, and it's fun and delicious to, to eat. But, um, yeah, so I want to thank all of the, uh, I'm thankful for the, um, uh, the, the takeout places. I'm trying to think of more North Hollywood ones that I want to shout out. Oh, Chiang Mai Thai food, um, on, uh, uh, on, on Burbank Boulevard, um, is, has been another go-to for, for us, uh, lately, uh, or not lately. I mean, everything, that's the thing about the pandemic is that March seems like yesterday. And also it seems like 25 years ago uh, yeah, at the same absolutely. time. So, um, uh, it's all just a, a mix. So that's, uh, I'm thankful for, uh, the food that I've eaten while watching great movies at home. Uh, okay. So this next one, I guess I'm thankful for it for myself. I, I don't know if it's a larger, if it's a larger trend, but you know, you've got all these big movies being delayed or released in a different capacity. And so, you know, my, my inbox is, is flooded with like screener invites for smaller movies. Mm. And, you know, again, I, I can't speak for anybody but myself, but I definitely know that, uh, I mean, not so much anymore because I don't have time to watch any movies or really anything else. Um, but, you know, I really, during the pandemic, I tried to take advantage of that and tried to watch and review movies that I probably wouldn't have given a second thought, or not necessarily not given a second thought, but I, I would have 
you know, drop them down a tier uh, as opposed to like the, the bigger movies like, oh, if we're invited to uh, a Marvel film or a DC film or, or some, especially over the summer, it's like, okay, well, I feel like that's, you know, I want to be part of that conversation, but that's not an option. So now I'm watching stuff like They Reach and um, Judy and Punch and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, in some cases it doesn't always work out, um, <laughs> but in, in other cases it's great. Like I really like Judy and Punch and I, it, it might've caught my attention otherwise, but I can't guarantee that. And so, you know, by, by removing the movies that, are just especially on the internet, like the movies that everyone's going to be talking about by pushing those or just releasing them in a different way. Uh, it sort of makes room, at least it did in my mind for these smaller movies that might not have gotten, uh, you know, it might not have gotten the attention. Let me put it this way. My movie, my micro budget documentary <laughs> got like 30 reviews. That is ridiculous. Like that's, there's only one reason that that could possibly be the case. And it's because uh, there's nothing else to watch. Well, uh, man, these, these things are really dovetailing uh, with, with one another because my next one, which is going to make me sound like a parade rainer honor, but okay. I'm, I'm serious. This is uh, something I'm very thankful for the almost complete lack of franchise tentpole, big budget blockbuster type movies uh, has been so refreshing for me to not have to like, those aren't part of the discourse. I don't have to watch them. Um, yeah. uh, um uh, you know, I mean, I, in fact, the thing I just said, not having to watch them is almost secondary because a lot of times I'd end up liking uh, plenty of sure. there's plenty of those movies that I end up liking, but it's the, really the domination of the discourse that I don't that I don't like. Yeah, um, uh, I, I'd, I'd rather people uh, were talking about uh, other things. I don't know what uh, I'm trying to think what movies people are talking about uh, instead. I feel like what's ha what's happened instead is not like. Oh, everyone's talking about Michael Amoretta's Tesla because there's no like Black Widow movie. That didn't right. happen. What happened instead is the conversation just became more sort of diffuse and isn't all focused on on one thing. All the all the yeah. blood rushes to you know the new Marvel or DC movie, uh, um, whereas now the 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 conversation is more is more diverse. I uh, I didn't realize I made this joke on Twitter or, or talked about this at least on Twitter. I didn't realize really how much i enjoyed not having these kind of movies out until um and talking about recent events especially like social media related recent events i know you're not sure. gonna know what i'm talking about because you've been so uh, yeah. uh you've been let's say distracted lately um, sure but uh a couple weeks ago when there was like the the uh the big splash of the first image of tom holland as nathan drake in the uncharted movie uh made a big splash on twitter and i likened it to seeing the first back to school commercial at the end of the summer in that, that, that you know, you know that feeling, right? When oh, you're like a hundred percent, that sinking feeling in, in your gut, like, no, it's still summer for like three more yeah. weeks. What are you doing? Um, and three more, three and, weeks is a lifetime in, in the summer. Uh, I don't want to especially, especially cause those commercials were so into you know, energetic. And I'm like, yeah. why, what are you so happy about? Yeah. And I realized I like, Oh, that was for your parents. Yeah, no, <laughs> Those commercials should be like, 
like all black and white like uh every back to school commercial should look like the beginning of like the uh, an infomercial with the has this happened to you there must be a better way type of thing like um yeah, just sad regretful pathetic uh i still <laughs> I still hate school time. I know you went back voluntarily I know. to more school, but, um, well, I'm still, I, you know, I, I remember, uh, for the longest time, the idea of going to college at all, uh, was like, <laughs> I was like, I hated the, the 12 years of this. Why am I going to yeah. sign up for another four? And that was kind of my general idea right up until the moment I graduated college. And then I was like, <laughs> Oh, right. And then many years later, voluntarily going back now, granted, like, in a, in a grad school situation, like you're definitely more, you're just inundated with stuff that you find interesting. So it's, it makes it a little bit easier, but I remember the first time I had to like write a paper and they said like, it's like, all right, it has to be like 15 to 20 pages. And I remember like, okay, so 15 pages, we, it is um, like just <laughs> all my old bad student instincts kicked I in. I love that. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and as I was writing it and, and after I turned it in, was like waiting to see the, gr the grade, I was like really like stressed out. And I thought, why did I do this to myself? Why am I, so, yeah. you know, why did I put myself in this position again? I, I, I was out and then I got myself back in yeah. and now, and now I'm part of the problem. Uh, now I'm on the other side. Um, <laughs> You're inflicting school on people, but you know what? Now it's still, now it's like, you know, I'll assign like a four page paper and then everyone turns them in. I'm like, Oh, why did I assign this? Why, why didn't I make it two pages or three? Cause now I have to read all these. <laughs> turns uh, out my, yeah. my sensibilities have not changed. No, I, uh, you know, I'm 38. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so I'm 38 years right old. Um, and I still like, I'll be having, you know, like just bullshit adult responsibilities. I got to like, uh, the, battery light in my car came on. I got to figure out what that's about. And I got to, uh, um, you know, make sure I pay the rent and I got all these, these, these bills and, uh, well, no one, there's no, no one else around to like clean the bathtub, but me, like I have yeah. to do that kind of stuff. Uh, if I'm having in one of those days, I will still think to myself, at least I'm not still back at fucking school. <laughs> it's all yeah. better than school. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I really hated school. If, if you're not getting the, uh, Although, I really yeah. like the vest is what I, <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's my, uh, no tent poles, uh, thankful sure. for, uh, thing. It was a weird way of speaking. My no tent poles, tent poles, thankful for thing. <laughs> you had it's all like, the I, words. You made you fun of me. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. You made fun of me back when we lived together. All right. So I have, this is letting people behind the curtain a little bit. One of my biggest hangups is that I don't like putting myself in a position where I can seem like, or come across like a, a, a kid. Like I've, I, sure. I've wanted to be, I've been an adult in my head since I was like four years old. So I've, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't like, and so for some reason there are certain hangups I had, I didn't like referring to my, what were categorically pajamas as pajamas. Cause that mm -hmm. seemed like, a kid sure. thing. And so I remember I referred to, I said, I referred to my sleeping in pants. <laughs> we lived together and you made fun of me for that. Oh, I don't, I don't remember that at all. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> um, do you still call them that? I try not to refer to them. <laughs> you know what? That, yeah. Best to just avoid that street yeah. altogether. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, so this I, is why I have hangups about like, 
this it's so i've this is so weird but like i like ice cream i don't like eating uh, that's what maybe that's why i like the sushi ice cream because it seems like an adult way to eat ice cream but the idea of like ordering a bowl or especially a cone of ice cream and consuming it in public makes me self-conscious oh boy it makes me Absolutely. feel like a little kid a cone especially like if, yeah. I, if i'm like eating out of a, uh, a bowl with a spoon it's like all right that's to the degree that there's any civilized way to eat ice cream i guess that's the way but yeah. uh yeah if you're just walking around like just you know with an ice cream cone like oh, you might yeah. as well be carrying a giant lollipop yeah um yeah it's uh I, I know what you mean completely um it's it is interesting and i realize that like you know we got to get back on topic but i also feel like this type of thing tends to lend itself to uh, a sort of larger life conversations it is fascinating how much of my life, even in, even in maybe especially in adulthood, how much of what I do is defined, is de defined by what I don't want to do. Um, you know, like, like, uh, so we have hardwood floors in my house and I discovered something, um, that I, I basically, when I'm walking specifically when I have socks on, I don't know why not with shoes, but, um, I find, uh, that I walk essentially like, um, toe to heel. I'm not tiptoeing, but I'm not, I'm not like when my foot falls, it doesn't, it's not my heel first. And the whole reason for that is because, um, when you're an overweight guy, you try to avoid everything that could fall into that. And one is stomping around. And like causing like vibration, like the T-Rex or something like that. And so I find that I actually walk quite softly uh, at home because I don't want to be like clump, clump, clump. Hello, I'm a big fat guy. I've entered the room, but you knew I was coming, didn't you? That's how we talk, apparently. Um, <laughs> because your jowls keep getting in the way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah. And so I realized that like and I don't think I even I don't think that was even a conscious thought. Like I'm I'm so. Uh, I, I'm so wrapped up in how to like uh, outside of eating better and exercise, how can I not seem like uh, a big fat guy? And, um, but that's funny. You say you were subconscious cause you and I actually can, when we lived together with, Cole Pasak, the composer of the chilling theme music of Battleship Retention, uh, you and I kind of gave him trouble or confronted him about, cause he's not a great uh, big guy, quite the opposite. No. He's a, a very, uh, uh, lanky, maybe. Sure. Um, but he was a, a stomper and we he lived sure in the was. second floor. We had downstairs neighbors and we were like, <laughs> you can't be doing this, man. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, see, I feel like with him, it's like, I can't seem like a skinny guy. So what can I do? Oh, I know. Let me put on my combat boots and, uh, and walk around for a while. Um, okay. Right, so uh, what, uh, I think it's I'll, your I'll turn, a, right? I know, but I don't have any others. So I was, uh, I was, uh, oh, okay. stalling. So I'm, I'm happy to throw it back to you. Well, uh, um, happy to make this a short episode. We all have, uh, uh sure. things to get back to. And we've also been shooting the shit for so long. It's probably not a short episode. That's true. Um, uh, one of those, uh, <laughs> long story short, too late from a uh, clue, the clue of the movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> um, uh, here's a controversial take. That movie, I know it had people love it now. Most of that's nostalgia. Up until the big Tim Curry explains everything finale, which is great. Yeah. It's actually not that good a movie. 
it, it has a lot of the very obvious like sitcom like setup lines that like yeah. well no one would actually say that except to get someone to say the punchline there it's a lot of that kind of comedy uh, that I don't love, but um, I, I would agree. Uh, it's something that, I mean, of course I adored it as a kid. And yeah. as I watch it now, uh, there are certainly moments that I love. Um, and as tends to happen, the stuff that I love as an adult is different than the stuff I loved as a kid. Uh, I mean, almost anything Madeline Kahn is doing obviously mm-hmm. is something that I love now. Um, and, uh, and didn't understand that. I think I was just like, what, what, what are you doing? This is a weird choice. And it's like, exactly. That's the, that's why it's so yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I, 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 right. I kind of agree with you. Okay. So, uh, um, to make a long episode short too late, uh, I'll, I'll rattle off a couple more. One, uh, uh this kind of goes hand in hand with virtual cinemas, but virtual festivals, a lot of festivals sure. have gone virtual, not just for press, but, uh, people, uh, can attend quote unquote festivals. They never would have been able to. Um, and that goes back to what I was saying with the virtual cinemas access. I love it's yeah. a, it's a win-win if more people can, see and afford to see uh movies there's uh, even there's a part of me who loves going to sundance in toronto so much that i had this have this twinge of like is that going to devalue that and i realized like maybe maybe for me but it's better for more people in in the long run and i would hate to for for selfish reasons of liking to be liking the exclusivity of seeing a movie at Toronto before anyone else can or whatever, I would hate to become that thing that I hate the most, uh, the gatekeeper. I, uh, uh, I hate gatekeeperism, uh, in, in all forms. So, um, virtual festivals knock down those, those gates for more and more people. So that's a big one. Um, uh, I'll also, while I'm, uh, 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 trying to be humble, I will say that I am very, very thankful to be uh, fortunate enough to have remained employed. Um, Sometimes, in fact, my job has been fucking busy a lot of this pandemic uh, and it's been driving me a little crazy sometimes, but um, uh, even, even that aside, I uh, have been very, very fortunate enough to be employed, to be able to pay to see movies, to be able to buy Blu-rays, you know, that, uh Anya's Varda box set came out during the mm-hmm. pandemic. I actually bought a new TV a, a, a while a while back. Um uh, I, I'm very grateful to be able to to do these do these things. And if you are like me, uh, able to uh, you have remained employed, um please keep in mind all the people who haven't and make sure to yeah. donate to to causes, to to food banks, to things that help uh to help people uh, um help businesses stay um uh, in, in business. Um, and also, uh, uh, not to get too specific, uh, you know, continue to vote for people who are, uh, uh, advocating for programs that help keep people in business. That's what government is for. It's better for us all to work together to, to do it than to do these drops in the bucket, uh, here and there, but drops in the bucket or what you can do, uh, while our right. government stares at each other <laughs> um, uh, on, on COVID relief anyway. And then I will end the final thing that I am grateful for the, my port in the cinematic storm, uh, my, my, uh, my security blanket, my anchor, uh, battleship pretension. It's, oh sure we've still been doing this every week. I mean, you obviously for good reason took a little bit of time off, we've been doing an episode a week 
uh, a Patreon every week and a movie journal when we can for this entire time. It's a sense of normalcy yeah. and it keeps me feeling me thinking about movies. It's part of the reason like that. I, I insist on that. We still have to do a best of the year so far in July. We still have to do a summer movie preview yeah. and a fall movie preview. Uh, and I think, um, we are going to be doing uh, actually this decision might've been made when you were gone. I think we're going to be doing a winter movie preview because so many movies are oh, sure. coming out delayed because of the delayed Oscars. I think in just a couple of weeks, beginning of December, we're going to do a winter movie preview, which is not something mm. we normally do, but these sort of like uh, uh, these, these mile markers, these, these, beacons uh, uh have helped me feel uh connected to my cinematic sanity um during during these past eight eight months uh and that's uh because because of battleship pretension because you and i made a decision over the phone uh back in 2007 before you even moved yeah. to uh to 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 los angeles um uh i i have a a, a salve a balm yeah, it's. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely second that. Even though, obviously, because of uh, the the twins, I have not been around very much. And there's still, you know, uh, my life has changed so dramatically, and uh, I'm still figuring out what it means to be a father and realize just how big that is, and for how long that is, which is to say, the rest of my life. Uh, and that, at times, it causes tremendous anxiety for me, trying to figure out like well, how do I continue to be me uh, in this new capacity? Um, and so something like certainly teaching helps, but also doing stuff like Battleship Pretension and being like, oh, yes, here I am. Uh, you know, so much of my time is spent uh, either talking to the kids or just, you know, if it's late at night and Jen's sleeping and I'm and it's my shift, like not saying anything. Um, and it's very easy to kind of lose yourself uh, in that moment. But uh, but in doing battleship retention, it's like, okay, this is, it's, it's, uh, it's stability in a time of noted instability, not to suggest mm -hmm. that uh, my, my home life is unstable so much as it is just uncertain. Like you have no idea when they're going to wake up, when they're going to get hungry, uh, that sort of thing. And that's very, uh, at, that has caused a, a fair amount of, uh, uh, frustration uh, in me which is why yeah battleship retention certainly um both as a function of the the pandemic and also now uh it is it is definitely an anchor uh it's it's the it's kind of the one thing you can count on uh hopefully uh for the listeners as well um and yeah. you know and that's the other thing is uh i think i said this so jen and i had a, a fundraiser for uh to cover some of our adoption expenses and uh i was uh, very, very pleasantly and overwhelmingly surprised at the number of listeners and contributors, uh, of BP that, uh, that, uh, yeah. And past guests. In. Yeah. And past guests. Yeah. It was amazing. And, uh, and so it's just like, wow, this, uh, this podcast, you know, pays off in, in so many ways and it's so rewarding in so many ways. So, uh, so yeah, I will definitely second, I will definitely second that. So, uh, but that's, that's all I've got. Yeah, me too. Um, you can find us at battleshipretention.com. Uh, this week, I reviewed the movies you heard me talk about on the BP Movie Journal this week, which were uh, The Last Vermeer and Mangrove, and also Run, which I did not talk about on the Movie Journal, but uh, Run, which is a new film from uh, Anish Shiganti. Um, and Tyler, if you have time, you would like Run. Okay. Um, 
Uh, it, isn't there isn't Ellis. there a show on HBO called Run? Oh, there was. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. With with Donal, right? Donal Gleason yeah, yeah. and yeah. and and Merritt Weaver. Um, it's Jen. I think watched a few episodes and said she that. really liked it. Yeah, I completely forgot that existed. But uh, no, this new movie Run stars uh, Sarah Paulson and in a small role, friend of the show Pat Healy. Hey, all right. Uh, so you can find reviews of those three movies on, uh, at battleshipretention.com as long as well as some other stuff. Uh, you can email us at david at battleshipretension.com or tyler at battleshipretension.com. You can follow me, David on Twitter at Davey pretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler pretension. Tyler, do you have anything to plug this week? Uh, I'll just go ahead and, uh, it's been a while since I've mentioned my, my documentary, although I'd mentioned it earlier in this episode, uh, real redemption, which is available at faith life TV. You can get, uh, you can subscribe to faith life for four ninety nine a month, or you can get a two week, uh, trial subscription and you can watch the movie then. Um, so, uh, yeah, the film sitting at a current 100% on rotten tomatoes with the absolute minimum of five reviews. So, uh, I'll, I'll take what I can get, but, uh, but yeah, it's much beloved, obviously. So, yeah. um, yeah, the, uh, the only, the only, uh, site that reviewed it that did not care for it is a site that I'm very happy. Didn't like it because, uh, they're, their uh, values and mine do not match up when it comes to to movies. It's called Movie Guide. It is a uh, it's a Christian based uh, site, and reading their review is astonishing. Uh, All right, because, I will find that. Oh, please do. Uh, you'll 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 slap your head and think like, what is going on? And so, like, I remember the the producer of the of the film. He um, he read it and he goes, he goes, you know what? I think you win. I think you came out ahead, uh, in reading this review. So anyway, uh, but yeah, so you can check out uh, real redemption at, uh, faith life TV. Uh, and until then, uh, have a uh, happy Thanksgiving. And Absolutely. We'll get you next you. time. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, thank you for listening. And then you say, we'll get you next time. And uh, then I say, bye. And you say, what's up? This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.